This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. Here again is Dan Loney. Welcome back. Hour number two of Knowledge at Wharton on Sirius XM 111, Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. The news recently of CVS Health buying Aetna was one that makes a bit of history in the healthcare and insurance industries. It marks the first time that a pharmacy benefits manager and a health insurer will be part of the same company. There are calls that will that this will save consumers money, but there are a few skeptics on this as well, and there still needs to be the merger to pass muster with the federal government. We take a look at this potential merger with Mark Pauley, professor of healthcare management and professor of economics and public policy here at the Wharton School, as well as Rob Field, who is a professor of law and professor of health management and policy at Drexel University, as well as a lecturer here at the Wharton School. Gentlemen, as always, great to have you both here. Thank you for your time. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, your reaction to this tie-up, Mark? Well, uh, it's unique, uh, and it's intended in in part um, as a defensive measure because of a fear that Amazon will enter the uh, pharmacy space and and the pharmacy benefits management space potentially. Uh, it's um, it's different from the uh, uh, kinds of com- vertical combinations that we've seen recently, which have tended to be much more. Uh, ones that put the nucleus of control either in a hospital system or in a uh, a subset of physicians in a community trying to organize a more coordinated care measure. Uh, So this one's different from that. Um, And and then everyone is trying to guess, is is the difference good or bad? Rob? So I I think it is largely defensive. I think the idea is you touch as many bases as you can because you don't know which ones will be important coming down the road. Uh, Amazon, as, as Mark said, is, is a wild card in all of this, and yeah. they disrupt everything that they touch. Uh, and it's hard to predict how they will disrupt. Uh, information becomes more and more important, so this provides a basis for, for sharing more information. But who will be the, the top dog in healthcare 10, 20 years from now? It's really tough to say, but the more levels that you are involved in, uh, the more chance that you can be at that top level. I, I guess the question is surrounding the Amazon piece to this is that if Amazon does get into this, they obviously have kind of the supply chain to be able to distribute a lot of these products all around the country. Uh, but the question is, from the from the regulatory side, you know, what kind of uh, of of imposition would it be to get involved into this space in general? For Amazon? For Amazon. Yeah. Uh, well, they need licenses, um, and they are getting those in, in many states to, to operate as a pharmacy. Um, I think the supply chain is, is particularly important. Uh, the information systems are, are important, and Amazon has that. So I, I think they're, they're banking on that. Um, for CVS, uh, they have the network of retail stores. So there will be yeah. over 1,000 locations around the country that are already there in bricks and mortar uh, where you can go. Uh, so I, they, they may be betting on that existing infrastructure. They don't have to build anything. And I guess to a degree, because of the fact that CVS, Mark, has a lot of these minute clinics already and they're developing more, having the tie-in with the insurance piece probably makes it a, a, a little bit more of a seamless issue there. The question is whether or not there's an actual economic benefit yeah, to the consumer. Yeah. That's the vision that they have. Uh, they're not the only uh, uh, pharmacy company that has that vision. Walgreens has been yeah. trying to do the same thing. 
Uh, and bo in both cases, they're trying to get on the bandwagon toward what's called more coordinated care, the idea that particularly for patients with chronic illnesses, uh, that those patients would kind of do what they're supposed to. Uh, they would uh, uh, take their medicines, they would exercise, they would change their diet, uh, they would come in for tests and so forth on a, 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 scale, a schedule that uh, experts think is good for them. Um, as I said, most of these coordinated care mechanisms heretofore have been organized with the nucleus as either a hospital system or a group of doctors. Here the idea is to have the drugstore be the place that would build in part on the minute clinics uh, that are already there, the retail clinics, and in part on the pharmacist. In many other countries, the pharmacist is actually a major player in giving people advice on how to manage their health conditions, and the idea here is part to give more of a role of that. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, and um, the and as well, uh, CVS it's, has both the asset and the liability of these bricks and mortar stores. It doesn't want those people going to Amazon uh, for their drugs. Although right. CVS uh, Caremark will mail order you drugs too, but uh, they they want to keep traffic in the store. I, I guess the question is, how successful has CVS Health been? with those minute clinics in general because uh, obviously they are seen as a way to to a degree in some cases bypass having to go into the hospital uh but but it it's not a be all end all in a lot of situations no they have not yet become a cash cow one of the things they do is they just bring customers in they bring in traffic um that so you can stop on your way and buy your deodorant and soap and everything else yeah um, so this enlarged vision maybe will be different uh, if they can really get involved in managing chronic disease, but they're already on that road. So what will they be able to do now that they're not already doing? That's the question. Mark? Well, so uh, the uh, part of the problem with these uh, clinics is they make health care more convenient. So from the point of view of insurance, it's trying to cut health care spending, actually making it easier to have a visit for something that's bothering you but might well have gone away on its own. But now it's so convenient as long as you don't show up at lunch hour. <laughs> uh, somebody right. will be there to see you. Uh, so far, they haven't been shown to have much of an ability, if any, to cut spending um, although the uh, the shining vision, of course, is that eventually uh, greater access to care will make people healthier, and so they won't need as much care. But uh, uh, it is, uh, you know, I think I think um, uh, certainly a, a lot of commentators have said this seems kind of like a reach uh, to locate the nucleus of coordination at at a drugstore or minute clinic. But to borrow a line from the old movies, it's so crazy it might just work, uh, and that's kind of my attitude uh, uh, toward it. That uh, uh, at least I'd be interested in seeing this experiment. Uh, tried because the uh, existing efforts to c provide coordinated care with hospitals or doctors doing the coordination have kind of been a dud in right. terms of their effectiveness. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's an interesting internal dynamic here where from uh, Aetna's point of view, they, they want to cut spending. Um, but from CVS's point of view, they want to increase it. Uh, just what Mark was saying, get people in there as much as possible and charge for as many things. So how do they vision balancing that? Is the idea that they can manage chronic conditions and then Aetna will be able to lower premiums and get better market share from employers? Right. Uh, I, I haven't seen anything that describes where they think they're going in that regard. But we were talking before we went on the air, Mark, and, and that market share question is kind of a, an important one because Aetna has, you know, how many ever uh, people on insurance uh, roles from around the United States to begin with. 
I don't think there's an expectation that this deal would significantly all of a sudden you're going to have companies jumping on the the Aetna CVS bandwagon saying, hey, they've got this perfected. Let's leave Blue Cross Blue Shield to go over to the to this new company. Yeah, that's right. Uh, This combined company will, of course, have much bigger total revenues than the individual component parts, but it won't have. Uh, uh, necessarily more total customers, and it's the number of customers that that gives bargaining power to insurers, not not uh, the, the the total amount of money that's run through the corporate structure. Yeah, I think they are betting on uh, what what you said that the pharmacist will become the new hub, um, and again with with, with information. Uh, right. If they can find a way legally to share information between the insurance end and the pharmacy end and the pharmacy benefit end, uh, then they might be able to manage uh, patient care better uh, and be a, a more dominant player. Well, what, is this, what does this mean for the pharmacy industry in general? And I'd love to get yeah. your opinions on that because I, I think about where I live in the Philadelphia suburbs. We obviously have all the players, the Walgreens, the CVSs, but we also have our local neighborhood independent pharmacy, right. which a lot of us still rely on and use. What are, what are those pieces of this business looking at with all these different tie-ups and, and all these different partnerships kind of you know staring them right in the face? Well, it's like any other industry when they've modernized. You know, the corner grocery store when the supermarkets came in, uh, the uh, independent medical practice, uh, the independent hospital. There are very few of those left. Uh, I think we've been seeing over the last 20 years or so um, the decline of the independent neighborhood pharmacy. And I think this is going to push things even further. It, uh, yeah, it ultimately depends on, on kind of what consumers value or what they get benefit from uh, that um, – uh, at the moment, uh, uh, people who have Aetna insurance generally have their benefits managed by Caremark, yeah. uh, but they but they can go to any pharmacy for that, and the expectation is that this combination would be one that would tend to channel them more towards CVS pharmacies. Uh, but if you are if you are like most of us, you get your insurance through your employer. Do you want your employer to sign up for this new combination? Well, it depends on how much you feel about uh, potentially. Uh, uh, greater efficiency from it or um, uh, something like that relative to not being able to patronize your local neighborhood pharmacy. And if you feel you get much more service from your local neighborhood pharmacy, you don't stand in line for so long, they don't get the paperwork filed up as much, uh, you you may tell your employer, uh, you know, go to uh, – Go to a Blue Cross uh, Express scripts combination and and don't try to channel me because, boss, I don't want you to offer me health benefits that I hate. Uh, Why would would I want you to do that? And that doesn't make me want to work (laughs) for you in the current uh, labor, uh, as you mentioned in your opening line, in the current uh, uh, labor uh, shortage environment. Yeah, I think they may be looking at pharmacy as driving more and more of the healthcare system as we have mm-hmm. more advanced specialty drugs yeah. and uh, gene therapy and so forth. Uh, it's interesting that the pharmacy benefit manager has been in the driver's seat uh, all along. Caremark acquired CVS, yep. and now that company acquires the insurance company. Uh, so top dog here really is the pharmacy mm-hmm. benefit manager. Um how they see that role evolving will be interesting. Well, and I guess the question then becomes is, uh, is this a merger that passes muster, passes the sniff test with the federal government? Thoughts? Well, um, I think it probably will because it is not a horizontal merger because they're not competing with one another anywhere right now. Uh, The AT&T Time Warner merger has been challenged by the Trump administration, so that 
uh, would go the uh, tend to indicate the other way. However, there are political dimensions that may be at work there uh, with Time Warner and CNN and so forth. Um, but uh, traditional antitrust enforcement policy would say allow the vertical merger as long as there's no uh, horizontal issues. Mm -hmm. Mark? Yeah, the economic approach would usually say that, although there is a, a, an argument, uh, not really very well grounded in economics, but sometimes used in law, that says, well, these vertical mergers foreclose competition at the upstream firm, and uh, so that would be a reason not to do it or not to approve it. Uh, a somewhat more persuasive argument, if you wanted to uh, think of a reason to disapprove the merger, would be to say, well, but for this combination, Aetna might have set up its own PBM for under 65 people. After all, it already administers uh, uh, drug benefits for its Medicare Advantage plan, so right. it knows how to do it and how to do it without running into too much trouble. So it may have uh, foreclosed potential competition, but uh, but uh, uh, it's much uh, a weaker case for uh, application of uh, antitrust prohibitions or conditions than would be true if it, those horizontal mergers, say, between uh, uh, Humana and Cigna and so forth. I, I think one aspect to look at is could they lock up supply at any level? Sure. Supply yeah. of pharmacy, supply of insurance. And I don't see how they could do that, uh, which means it really is not a competitive threat, uh, at least not yet. Yeah, as long as a buyer could always bail out and find another insurer that that, that hadn't made this combination with, that was pushing the insureds around, right. which is the downside of man, of uh, coordinated care. So uh, you, you, the, 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 there may be an option. And I think what we've seen lately is uh, even it's not too hard to think of uh, – a non-insurance entity starting up a health insurance company. A lot of yeah. hospitals have done it, particularly in Pittsburgh, for example, the UPHS system, uh, 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 University of Pittsburgh system. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Caremark could actually um, start uh, um, insuring um, uh, non-pharmacy benefits and uh, – that that wouldn't be the uh, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Either. Well, if this does go through, then I guess the question is: Will this start to kind of set off a chain of dominoes here? I mean, if if you've got Aetna and CVS, who's to say that you know we'll, we'll see other partnerships coming up coming up down the road? I think we undoubtedly will. Uh, United's going to want to position itself in a, in a similar manner. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone's going to be running scared and uh, trying to protect themselves as, as much as possible. And then uh, another uh, possibility, a little uh, far out, but uh, Amazon could set up an insurance company. They've gone into everything else. Yeah. Um, so, so the field is open. And United made the announcement earlier today that they were going to buy DeVita Medical, mm -hmm. or at least the uh, a part of it, where they were going to be buying some 300 clinics and six surgical centers. So, you know, there's, there's I guess, uh, another piece to that potential puzzle, correct? Yeah. Um, Yes. Um, so we're seeing more and more of the, the payer side and the provider side consolidating. Um, historically, they've had trouble working together. Um, that up through the 90s, the, the health systems that set up their own insurance companies uh, ended up failing at the insurance side and, and vice versa. So then so, does it need to go the other way in that having uh, really having the insurer be the one to run the medical rather than the medical run the insurer? Right. Well, that seems to be exactly what's happening. But it's beyond the medical now. It's into the pharmacy side. Correct. Right. Uh, a recognition of how important that is. There's all sorts of scrambling at the moment to try to figure out what to do here to actually 
make coordinated care work uh, for people in terms of better quality, better outcomes, and lower cost. Uh, the the nub of the problem, I think, is that uh, so far in, it's been difficult to pr- get individual physicians uh, to work and play well together and to go along with the coordinated care uh, mechanisms. The evidence isn't super strong, but it does suggest that the comp- that the uh, coordinated care plans uh, organized by physicians work a little better than the ones organized by hospitals. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, as Rob mentioned, this is going to give potentially a new role to the pharmacist and the question is really whether a pharmacist can get physicians to uh, cooperate not only with the pharmacist but with each other in a, in a more effective way. Uh, uh, my view is that um, I'd like to see them give it a shot uh, but uh, uh, because I think the – although there's certainly – you never want to underestimate bandwagon effects. I yeah. think there's certainly an ability of, a, of, a, of an insurance plan to say – we don't push you around when it comes to drug benefits like the combination does. Yeah, you know, pharmacists after nurses are the most trusted medical professionals. Yeah. yeah. And they do spend a lot of their time counseling patients, maybe less in the chain pharmacies than in the neighborhood pharmacy, but uh, they spend a lot of time answering questions about your prescription and just generally people come up and say, I need an antacid. Should I get this or should I get that? So there is a possibility that they play a more central role. Uh, one of the criticisms of the merger, or at least questions, is it doesn't have physicians as part of the mix. Maybe the idea is they don't think they need physicians. Maybe they can handle enough with uh, physician extenders, nurse practitioners, and pharmacists um, that they can just buy physician services as needed and they don't have to be part of the mix. What does the uncertainty surrounding healthcare in general here in the United States play or not play a role into what we're seeing potentially with Aetna? Uh, and CVS Healthcare because of the concerns. You know, we don't really know where we're headed with the Affordable Care Act or Medicaid, you know, at least right now. Obviously, we know what it is in this particular moment, but what it could be six months from now, eight months from now, could be a little bit different. Yeah, it's sort of the ultimate hedge. You know, we, we don't know what side is going to be dominant, so we'll play in, in all of those uh, ballparks, and whichever one succeeds, we'll, we'll be there. They're trying to assembble a diversified portfolio. Well, <laughs> same, 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 uh, same idea, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, although, have to get the Wall Street although, terms in. Yeah, although right. The, yeah, right. Although the Medicaid part is probably not too important here because they're not <clears throat> main users of uh, of of, uh, of conventional health insurance like Aetna offers, or or for that matter of of, of the PBM services. Uh, it's a little trickier with the people in exchanges, but re- you have to remember they're a tiny fraction of the total population. Yeah. The great bulk of people are either on Medicare or getting insurance through their job. And uh, for them, both of these players are relevant. So it's going to be – but 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 they are – nobody should say never, but they're less – likely to have their situation disrupted by politics than than the other two groups that I just mentioned. But that, that, that is kind of a, a key point here is that, as you alluded to now before, is the fact that the idea here is to try and figure out a way to get costs under control, to, to rein them in to a degree. And that seemingly is... We're not going to see that as a as a political divide here, one way or the other. The, the, if, if we can head down that path, either side is going to be happy with that. Well, they say that's what they want to do, um, and no one's going to object to that. Right. But as I was saying before, does CVS really want to do that? I think they want people to come in and buy as much as possible. Uh, so, but do they want to buy as much as possible on the medical side or, like you were saying before, use it as a vehicle to buy all the other stuff that's in their store? Uh 
Uh, yeah, uh, b- both, I yeah. think, as, as much as each. And, and now services, medical services as well. Uh, but I don't think their interest is necessarily cutting costs. It might be Aetna's interest. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, I, I don't see that as their true commitment. Their true commitment is to increase revenue. Okay. I think that the trade-off they face is they can uh, – it's better for them in the, to, with their current population to have them – um, buy more things through CVS. If, on the other hand, this combination can improve efficiency and attractiveness and lower premiums, they may be able to get many more people to sign up. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so they what they what they lose per person they make up on having more people coming th- through the system. But uh, but I, I think I agree with Rob that uh, sort of their f- first instinct in the short run is to say we just need to have the people who show up at our stores spend more rather right. than we need to get more people coming to our stores because we have offered such an attractive, low-priced insurance product. Right. You asked about political changes, and Medicare business is extremely profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yes. presumably they want to expand that. Uh, on the horizon, uh, Republicans have talked about doing something major with Medicare down the road. Yeah. Uh, Paul Ryan sees a, a voucher or premium support type program as, as uh, his preferred uh, way to go. Uh, so that opens up even more Medicare territory. Uh, and I wonder whether that isn't part of their thinking, uh, their political calculation. Yeah, I don't think you can look at Medicare um, uh, without uh, the future of the program without coming to the conclusion that Republican or Democrat, something's going to have to be done to uh, cut spending in that area because it's eating up the federal budget, Medicare and Social Security. So in a way, it's not uh, right at the moment, uh, Medicare, private Medicare coverage in particular uh, through Medicare Advantage is highly profitable, but it, it's hard to believe that that has a uh, a long-term future, given the political pressures to cut 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 Medicare spending. So, if, if this goes through, then then is there a next logical piece? I, I read uh, uh, quite a few people, and you mentioned the company before, uh, Express Scripts. I mean, are are they a potential you know piece to that that somebody would really like to have as part of their operation coming up in the, in the next few years? Um, well. Right now, you, if you're an employer, you can have you can arrange a deal with Express Scripts and say Anthem to manage your benefits. So the question is, what would be the advantage of having that combined in a single firm? Uh, that's kind of what CVS is talking about about better yeah. coordination of care and so forth. But I've already expressed some skepticism about the, their ability or anybody's ability actually so far to do that. Rob, yeah, I think uh, Express Scripts might be the hub for this. They may be seeing, look what Caremark did. Uh, they own a pharmacy chain and now they own an insurance company and they might be the instigator of this Uh, consistent with with what I was saying about the pharmacy benefit managers being more and more important uh, to the overall equation. Great having you both with us today. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank Thank you. you. All the best. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 